Thank you. Thank you for coming. Well, good morning to you. It's great to be uh, here with you and to just enjoy the, the worship time. Thank you, worship team, for, uh, you know, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart and into his courts with praise. And I, um, I've used, um, uh, Lord's just been speaking to me about memorizing uh, certain psalms at certain times. Uh, two years before COVID hit, he he uh, spoke to me and said, memorize Psalms 91, and be sure to tell my church to memorize it as well. And so it's a regular routine for me, most daily, uh, most every day, uh, at some time during the day, sometimes when I hit the traffic <laughs> in Little Rock, um, and, and it's not just them I'm worried about, it's me I'm worried about. And uh, but I just say the Lord is my refuge. Uh, there's another psalm I I uh, talk about it. Psalms uh, 46. I was praying in the balcony one day, and the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, "You need to memorize Psalms 46." I said, "Okay." Um, at the time, I don't know if you remember the elections of 2020. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, your memory has waned a little bit, but I, we were all in a quandary. We're all trying to figure out. We got all caught up in the talking heads. The Lord spoke to me and said, you need to memorize Psalms 46. The Lord is my refuge and strength. What's this? A very present help in the time of trouble. And then if you read the rest of that, and, and you will find out that it's the worst case scenario. It says, though the earth be removed. What? The earth be removed? Are you kidding me? I will not fear. And then it just paints another bad scenario. I mean, it goes on down there and said, uh, the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Uh, the waters roared in trouble. You know, it just, just goes on. You think, it just can't get any worse than that. But we remember the Lord is our refuge and strength. And so the Lord spoke to me, and, and you know, there was the 45th president. You, you remember that guy? And then we were, then the elections came, and we got the 46th president. And the Lord reminded me, I told you to memorize Psalms 46. I didn't even think about it beforehand. We don't know what's about to happen, but I want to tell you everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But our confidence and hope is not in the world, but it's in the Lord. And no matter how bad it gets, though the earth be removed, I don't think it gets any worse than that. Uh, I will not fear. Come on, everybody say it. I will not fear. (laughs) Amen. now, you don't start counting my time yet because I've not really started preaching yet. I'm just warming, <laughs> I'm just warming up. I wrote a book, actually, actually in the middle of COVID in 2020, it's called Read It and Reap. And uh, I know that many of you are, I uh, saw on the screen and the pastor told me you guys have taken the challenge to read the Bible through in a year. Uh, you know, uh, this book is it's it's part my testimony. It's also a uh, a light apology. Please understand, it's a light ap- apologetic concerning the validity of the Word of God. It talks about not only what the Word of God is about, but it talks about how to use the Word of God. And it's just a simple, easy read book. But I wanted, to, I wanted to capture all the things that the Lord has, um, has done for me because at a, at a young age, I committed to reading the Bible through in a year. Now, it took me three years to do it because really I had never read before much at all. I knew how to read. Uh, I was in remedial reading. Now, some of you don't know what that is, but if you're my age, you will remember remedial reading. I was stuck out in one of those buildings out there. Uh, and, and you think, wow, um, 
But I want to tell you what the Lord can do when you read the Bible through. He renews your mind. I wasn't dumb or stupid, uh, but I, I was not challenged. My mother went to the ninth grade, my daddy to the third grade. So you can understand the education wasn't a big part. But when I read the Bible, it changed my whole world. It changed my world. It changed my worldview. And it's still my worldview. Everything, I, I, everything that comes to me now comes through the premise and, and through the lens of the Word of God. That's the way I think. And so uh, anybody here, you've taken the challenge to read it through for the first time. Anybody? The very first time. You have? All right. So I'm going to give you this book. And I believe it's going to encourage you. You're, you're a musician. You did good this morning, by the way. And, and uh, uh, I'll tell you what the Lord has done for me. Uh, I, I, say, I talk in that, uh, in that book about uh, my experience. Me and my brother sang together. Um, for, for a few years, we went all over western Kentucky singing. And one night, he and I uh, was in a talent contest. There was only one other group that was there. Um, in fact, um, it, it was also a duet. And his name was uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And his brother, uh, Herb Jr. And so I just want you to know that me and my brother won that night. Still proud of that. Uh, in fact, I just saw where Stephen Curtis will be here April the 10th, I think. Uh, he's going to be in Fort Smith area. Uh, love him. I, I think I have every album um, that, that he has. Uh, uh, Heaven in the Real World, to me, is the best, the best of all of them. But no, 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 lest I digress, uh, I, I have come to preach the Word. And I've been struggling here this morning to make sure that I, am, I have the right Word for you this morning. And really, I'm going to pare it down to this because you're special to the Lord. I've decided that there's, there's one person here this morning. More than likely, there's... Now, uh, there'll be parts of this that'll fit all of us, but I just believe there's one person here this morning that the Lord has sent me to especially. But I want you to know you're very special to God. And uh, you're at a desperate, you're at a desperate moment in your life. And you don't know what to do. But God's about to show you. He's about to take this desperate situation. And when I talk about this desperate situation, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's frozen you. You're absolutely frozen and you don't know what to do. But here it is. When you don't know what to do. You look to him and be still, as he says in Psalms 46, be still and know that I'm God. Be still. So I've, uh, I've, I've struggled this morning and, uh, and you're going to think, wow, this is, a, this is a tough word. But I want to tell you, as you sang this morning, even when you don't know it, He's working. Even when you don't know it, he's working. And so I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter, I'll be reading the latter part, or I'll be, uh, we'll be talking about the latter part of 2 Kings. And also the first part of, uh, or 2 Kings 6 and 2 Kings 7. <clears throat> I think it's important to um, to help you with the historical part of this. Um, I love the word. I love the stories of the word. But they were, they were in desperate times. I mean, as we are really in desperate times, though we don't know it really, we're in desperate times. My, uh, my nephew is an auctioneer. In fact, if you turn on... Um, uh, the TV today, somewhere you'll find the Barrett-Jackson auction going on. And my nephew is one of the auctioneers there. 
Last night they were selling, he sold a car for a million dollars. Wow. Uh, so in that world, in that world, it, it doesn't really look like there's anything going on. But I can tell you, uh, if you asked uh, the buildup of, uh, of arms there at uh, the Ukraine, you know something's going on. If you look at the weather on the East Coast, you'll have to say something's going on. It, it matched a record. Are we in my hometown of Mayfield, Kentucky, uh, just a few weeks ago in December, just uh, before, uh, right before we went home, it leveled downtown, my hometown. You saw it on the news uh, where it wrecked uh, the, 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 the iconic places that uh, that are forever etched in in my memory there are things going on and we're actually in desperate times if you look at the covid numbers you will see that you know there is a little hope that i think we only had 6500 come on somebody we get we get happy when there are a few less than there were the day before uh, what i want to tell you is that in america we are, it seems like sometimes we're the eternal optimist, yet when we don't understand that everything around us is about to be shaken. That makes you happy. But I want to tell you this, here's, here's the title of the sermon, this is a day of good news. This is a day of good news. And we see in the story in 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 7, there was famine, desperate famine in the land. I mean, it was, uh, they had a death culture. Uh, Don't get sick on me, but uh, it's hard to even read because they were eating their babies. They were eating, they were even, they were eating donkey's head. Come on, I won't tell you what else they were eating. You can read the story for yourself, but I mean, knows that sounds like desperate times to me. Syria had come against them and, and had put them in, in juxtaposition to, to, uh, to, to a point of desperation. And it didn't seem like that. It is a day of good news, but I've got to tell you that though everything around you seems to be impossible, that there is a God who's working all things together for good to them that love Him, to them who are the called according to His purpose. I just came by to tell somebody today, though it looks bad, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. The things of this world will grow strangely dim. The light of his glory and his grace. Desperate times uh, bring desperate responses, right? There's this little boy, probably three, four years old. He goes to, he goes to the supermarket with his mother. I mean, always you want to be sure to take your, your babies to the supermarket, right? And before he gets to the supermarket, his mother says to him, Johnny, do not ask for chocolate chip cookies. Well, they get in the store and they go buy the chocolate chip cookies. Johnny can't help himself because he's desperate. Mom, would you get me some chocolate chip cookies? She said, Johnny, I told you, you cannot have chocolate chip cookies. And they went on. Somehow or another, she forgot something. And guess where it was close to? The chocolate chip cookies. They go back by the chocolate chip cookies and Johnny says again, Mama, would you give me chocolate chip cookies? And she said, Johnny, I told you that you cannot have chocolate chip cookies. They were able to get past that situation. They get to the counter, get ready to check out. Johnny, little Johnny knows this is his last ditch effort to get chocolate chip cookies, he stands up in the cart and says, in the name of Jesus, I want some chocolate chip cookies. When he left the store, he had 28 packages of chocolate chip cookies. Come on. on. Are you desperate this morning? Come on. Are you desperate? I think we have to get desperate. 
You know, the thing that I have been praying over the last couple of days, Pastor, is, is, is I haven't concentrated on anybody else. I've been a little selfish in my prayer Friday and Saturday. And I would say, Lord, stir fire in my heart. Set a fire in my heart. I need a move of God in my life. Because I understand that if we're going to have a move of God, it really is going to have to start with somebody. Doesn't it always start with somebody? Gypsy, Sis, uh, Gypsy Smith, an old time uh, uh, revivalist said, do you want a move of God? If you want a move of God, then draw a circle around yourself. And when there's a move of God inside that circle, then you can, you can rest assured that revival and the move of God is on. Come on. Desperate. How desperate are you? These were, I can't overemphasize the desperation of these times that they were in. This is the moment of Elisha the prophet. A, a man of God who, who saw twice as many miracles as his predecessor did. In fact, the last miracle that, that he saw, someone said he did twice as many miracles, but he was lacking one. And the last miracle he had, he was dead. And they threw a man in on his bones, and the man that was dead, that they threw in the man's uh, Elisha's grave, came back to life again. And praise God. If you don't know it this morning, I've come by to tell you that the Lord is working on your behalf. I said, the Lord's working on your behalf. How desperate are you? The situation, they had a siege, they had famine, they had leprosy. It, it was a, they were in a godless state. You understand the godlessness of our world that we're living in? The, 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 blatant, the, the blatant turning their back on God. It just, just listen for a little bit. It just, just open your eyes to the world that around you. Now, I'm not here to curse the darkness. I'm just here to tell you. Do you know that there are actually some highfalutin people in the world that, that, that now that they have discovered toad venom... Poisonous toad venom that they're actually uh, uh, somehow or another making that into a drug. And they are, they're taking this drug. It's a, a hallucinogenic drug, a psychedelic drug. That they, I'm not talking about the, the, these, uh, uh, just these desperate people out here. I'm talking about the highfalutin folk. Because they cannot deal with reality. They can't deal with what's going on. I'm glad to tell you this morning... The life or death or principalities or power or things present or things to come. Listen, I, it doesn't, listen, the Lord, I, my God, He loves me and He's going to take care of me. Amen. There was desperate times in this, in this situation. The, 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 these people were godless. But I have a question to ask you this morning. How bad do things need to get before we turn to God? Very humanistic now. We think we can get ourselves out of all the problems that, that we have, and yet we keep getting. Have you noticed all the experts about COVID? We find there's nobody as an expert at all. Please don't, I'm not trying to be mean here, but they're just a bunch of educated idiots. I like the way you're shouting now. You'll know enough about me to know that I just kind of tell it like it is. As that, um, you know, they, 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 in, in what the Bible says, they're increasing in knowledge and never come to a knowledge of what? Oh, you guys know the Bible too. Ever increasing, getting smarter and smarter, but yet don't know the Lord. They just don't know the Lord. I believe that we have a lot of examples of desperation in the Bible. What about David? 
He says, as the deer panteth after the water brook, so my soul panteth after thee, O God. It goes on to say, uh, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for he is the health of my countenance. Notice that. He says, he is the health of my countenance. How desperate are you? I obviously don't know you. I don't know your situation. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I do know that God knows. And I do that. And I know that he knew who you were when I would come here. In fact, when when uh, I was preparing for this sermon uh, uh, and and, well, at least just thinking about God, what, what do you want to say through me today? And, you know, there are things that I want to do. And then there are things that the Lord wants to do. And, and I want to always do what the Lord wants me to do. But boy, I tell you, the one thing that he really spoke to me early on, I was trying to change, change his mind, he wouldn't let me, was, was this sermon. And, and there's a phrase in it that, that, struck, that, that strikes me. There are, this is a story about four leprous men. When you look into this portion of scripture, it's four lep- leprous men. Now, that doesn't look like you've got a lot of hope. Nobody wants to be around you for one thing. And you've got a terminal disease is, is another thing. And you don't look the best at all. I mean, you're not really presentable to be in public. I'm just kind of giving you the, I mean, when you've got part of your ear falling off or you're, come on. And yet, these are the very people that got desperate, not only with their personal situation, but with the situation that was happening all around them. To think that there's, I even hate to say it. I even hate to say that one mother boiled her baby and they ate it. I don't even like to say that, but, but I want you to get the picture how desperate we haven't got that desperate yet. Or have we? When we live in a culture of death, That life really doesn't mean anymore because we've had a culture of death. I'm thankful to God this morning that that culture of death is changing because God's working. And if you don't think it's important to pray for those in authority, you're wrong because it is those in authority that's helping to change the culture of abortion and what we've had to suffer with for, for since 1973. That culture is changing. Thank God. But when you look at this situation you'll find I think at verse number three the 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 four leprous men uh they said listen to these words why sit here till we die I mean that's I mean they're gonna die but it looks like it's the process is is being um uh sped up you know, if you want to change a garden into a wilderness, what do you do? Nothing. And the weeds will take over. You want your children to grow up into druggies, criminals, and prostitutes, do nothing about training them up in the things of God, in discipline, and spending time with them. You want them, if you want to change your joy into misery, do nothing about prayer and church and worship. I'm so grateful this morning, though the world around me is falling, yet my hope and my confidence is in Christ. I'm grateful to know, he said, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, what he began, he will also complete. The promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. And the promises that you're holding on to, hold on to them, friend. God is faithful. He will. Listen, you know, you know I tell people, are you going to fret, are you going to threaten me with death? I'm a child of God. How can you threaten me with death? Recently, a preacher uh, had a conversation with his wife in heaven. I think the book is about ready to come out. And 
he was explaining things to her, and he said, what was death like? He says, it really is kind of scary. It's really kind of scary. He said, well, tell me about that. He said, well, you're, you're, you're going down this, that, you're, you're just walking along, and it's kind of dark, dismal, and, and, uh, and, and you hear death screaming all kinds of bad things at you. He said, were you afraid? She said, no, I, I wasn't afraid. Why? Because Jesus had a hold of my hand. Amen. And she said, well, what happened then? She said, well, uh, I came upon him. I came upon death and, and death had gotten real quiet. Oh, really? So what'd you do with death? I stepped over him. Come on. Death is defeated in Jesus' name. That last, all death, the enemy is under his feet. What are you going to do? Threaten me with death? You can threaten me with death because I will always live. He, he said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. But the great thing is he's given us eternal life. We shall live forever. It's a day of good news, but it's a day to make a decision. And here's the decision-making process. You must understand that in your life we have to make uh, we have to make some assessments. Is anything changing at all? You know, I, I've had uh, quite a bit of change over the course of my forty years of full time ministry, and I'm thankful to have my wife who has you know she she's gone right along with me through all the changes and through all the difficulties. And she's been that voice to me. Sometimes I didn't want to hear. She's been that prophetic voice uh, that, that I didn't want to hear. But it was the right voice. Uh, it may have made me mad. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. You have people really speaking the truth in your life. You don't like it. But nothing changes as long as you won't listen. Nothing changes at all. Until you get desperate enough to say, I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of being sick and tired. Are you tired of being sick and tired in the mess? I want to tell you that Jesus is the great change agent. He will take you from where you are into something glorious. But you have to get desperate enough to say, nothing's changing at all. Can you help me? Now, I I don't know what you came thinking the superintendent was going to do today or how he was going to act. And, and as much as I want to be dignified, not really. I didn't come to be the superintendent today. I hope I'm a prophetic voice to speak the word of God into your life. I don't know who you are. But I'm so grateful that a pastor listened to the Lord and said, I want the superintendent to come. But you need to thank God that that the superintendent came this morning, not because of who I am, but because of what God is doing. He said, before I ever came, months ago, when when, when I was asked to come, that he knew you would be here at this very moment. And he would say, I see you in your desperation. And all you need to do is say, I don't want to be in this situation anymore. I need God to help me. Things aren't changing. What do we need to do different? Weigh the options. In verse number four of chapter seven, look at the options that these four leprous men said. I can go to the city. We can sit here till we die. Or we can fall into the hands and the mercy of God. Now that's your choices. You can go to the city. There's a lot of people going to the city. I, I, I would say going to the city is like going to the world. You're not going to find help there. And we have, de- we have, we have gone to the world over and over again. Can, uh, we, we, you know, I, I've never seen such a, a need for counselors, Pastor. In fact, I, I, was, uh, I, I had a, a message from uh, uh, one of the ladies I pastored. And, and it's, just, it's been a... It's been a, a difficult situation for her. She said, I've, I've tried to call counselor after counselor, and I, get, I can't get anybody to call me back. Now listen, before you go there, I'm not against counselors. And I'm not against some medication either, because I think some people need it. 
I like the way you're shouting again here. And I think sometimes, would you please help us all? Hello. But I want to tell you, that's not our first place to go. It's to the world, to, to a lawyer, or, or if you're contemplating divorce, or you're, you're, you're challenged with your finances, or, or you're having relational issues, or, or, or you're, you, you've got strongholds in your life. The world is not the place to go to. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You can't go to the city. You can't sit there and do nothing because you know nothing's going to change as long as you sit there and do nothing. Why sit here? They knew what would happen. They would die. So what did they do? They moved out in faith is what they did. They moved out into the into a, if you please, I mean, just let's just use some common sense because there's a lot of nonsense going on. Let's just think about it. We sit here till we die. We don't do anything. Nothing's changing anyway. Why don't we take a step of faith and see, maybe just see if God won't be involved and help us out. What they didn't know is that God was helping them out. Something I found interesting in this portion of Scripture, and, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to insult your intelligence uh, because you can read it for yourself, but these four leprous men decided to turn themselves, I mean, to go, go where the enemy's camp was and, and, and be willing to, to submit themselves to the enemy's camp. We said, here we die, nothing's changing, we're going to starve to death. So I, I think it's a, you know, it's a desperate move, but it, it, it was obviously the right move because God saw them in their desperation. I have come by to tell you this morning that we serve a merciful, loving God, and He's not forget, forgotten us. And if we will plead to Him, He will hear us in our desperation. Notice something, notice something, notice something in this portion of Scripture. You'll find it, I think, in two places. It says they left out at twilight. You see that? They left out at twilight. That meant later in the evening they moved out. But what I look at there is at twilight was when Jesus, when they did the evening sacrifice. It was in the evening at twilight, Jesus, the Passover lamb, was sacrificed. Come on. So they, I don't know if they knew what they were doing, but, but, but I don't know if the cover of darkness might, might have been better for them. Whatever the situation, they got out there and they did something. And that's what we have to do is, is allow God to have a way of working. And it generally comes by faith, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is not just some wishful thinking. Hope is believing that as you step out, that God is going to meet you at that point of need. When they stepped out, as you read, as you will look there in uh, in the seventh chapter and in the uh, sixth verse, it, it says this. In the seventh chapter and in the, uh, in the sixth verse, uh, the Bible declares here, For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses and the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. <laughs> they heard the sound of victory. They heard, a, 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 listen, revival always has a sound to it. And God had caused the enemy in the enemy's camp to hear the sound of something greater than they felt like they could handle. So they, 
they, they, they didn't even take their horses, their donkeys. They didn't take their stuff. In fact, as they were leaving town, they were leaving all of their goods behind. Because why? God was already working on their behalf. And I have come by to tell you this morning that God is already working on your behalf. You, don't, you may not can see it, but I tell you, he's at work already. How many can believe that this morning? He drove away the enemy, and they left the spoils behind. I want to tell you that God has already made a way for us. God, in his love and mercy, has made a way. We, we, they, they, they didn't deserve it. They were suffering because of their own sin. Now, let me meddle just a moment to all of us. And we just, we just don't want to say a lot of times that the effects of what's going on in this world are a result of sin. But I have come by to tell you the, the darker it gets... The darker it gets is the result of, of there, there being no church or no one to stand up and somebody say the results of what we ha- we're seeing, the judgment of God is upon this nation. And see, nobody's happy about that. I'm not happy. I don't rejoice because of judgment that's going on in our nation. And I still believe we have yet to see something uh, suddenly of God come upon this nation where we won't have to worry. Uh, in fact, our biggest concern is wh- where are we going to get enough seats for people to sit down in? Because I still believe that there are 75, 100 million people on in America that, that, that desperately know what is right, but yet they have allowed the enemy to speak into their life and they're keeping them back. But one day I believe the Lord God is going to breathe across those dry bones and he's going to cause them to rise up and he's going to cause that great army, call the people of God to come back together. And see a move of God like we've never seen. Come on. You say, I don't know about that. It just looks like things are really, really bad. Go ahead and curse your darkness. Go ahead and curse your darkness. I'm not about to curse my darkness. In fact, if there's ever a, a, you know, I'm kind of prejudiced about this Assembly of God group. I wasn't born in the assemblies of God. I didn't, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't here. I got here as fast as I could. My wife was born into it. I wasn't born into it. That's why sometimes I think I appreciate it more than some. I do appreciate it. I'm grateful to it. But here's what I believe, Pastor. I believe he said... In the scripture, in the book of Joel, in the latter days, in the last times, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. (laughs) That means there's going to be somebody in the forefront of all of that. Do you you know that the assemblies of God, we we have an audacious plan. You know, there are like 39 million of us around the world. And by 2033, we're looking at 100 million of us around this planet. Come on. I believe that we can turn the world right side up for the glory of God if we get desperate enough for God and we recognize the situation we're in and say, I am not satisfied for sitting here till I die. I'm not going to sit here any longer. I'm desperate to get out in there and see what God has already got planned. Amen. No, we... We don't deserve it. But I'm glad I don't get what I deserve. Aren't you? I was beating myself up not long ago, just beating myself up. I'm my worst enemy and worst critic. Then I let the devil talk into my head. Come on. The Lord says, stop. One of the greatest prayers I've prayed of late is our Father. That's it. Our Father, just recognizing, just recognizing, Kelly, He's my Father. 
Oh, what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the children of God. For as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the, 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 the children of God. You're a child of God. He said, he said to me, stop beating yourself up. I love you. You don't even know how much I love you. Past all your failings, past all of your mess, past all of your indecision, I love you. I just came by to tell somebody he loves you. It's time for a discovery. It's time to understand, as a child of God, the enemy has no power over you. In fact, the enemy is gone. They get out there and these guys say, they go from one tent to the next. Go to another tent, another tent. They keep, they're just enjoying all this stuff, all the spoils that the enemy's left behind. Can I tell you, there are hidden riches in those, in those desperate places that God has for you. He said, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The Bible says to us, and I love this, this scripture, God is my, is, is my son and shield. Watch that. Now watch those two words. God is my son. That's a pretty good time, right? But in the bad times, he's my shield. Hallelujah. God is my son and shield. He is my son and shield. He will give grace and glory. In the bad times, I get the grace. In the good times, I receive his glory. He will give grace and glory. And no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. The enemy, I came by to declare to you this morning, the enemy is gone and the spoils are left behind. And God has abundant riches for you. You are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm glad I decided to go ahead and preach this sermon today. How desperate are you? You need to make a discovery. The enemy's gone. You know, the the enemy has no power or authority over you as a child of God. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Here's a secret. You've heard this for years. A child of God cannot be demon-possessed. I agree with that. We all agree with that. Can't be demon-possessed. Watch this. What you also need to understand is you can be controlled. If the devil speaks to my head and I believe it, I don't have to be possessed. I disagreed with him. And I choose it myself. That's why the Bible says, casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking captive every thought in the obedience of Christ Jesus. I came to prophesy to somebody in this house, it's time for you to kick the devil out of your head and say, no longer am I going to believe your lies. You are cast down in the name of Jesus. Enemy, be gone in Jesus' name. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. close this morning I just want you to know that you need to make a declaration can you imagine one day (laughs) one day inflation has taken over the Israelites pastor I mean you know what's happened to to, to us in, in, in just a few months you know, I know they want us to get on the bandwagon and get concerned about can we pay, can we pay our bills? You see, listen, here's the thing I know. If I will be faithful to God, God will be faithful to me. My mother, uh, on December the 20th, my, my stepdad suddenly passed away. That My mother and my stepdad had been married 38 years. Suddenly passed away. We thought that he was a multimillionaire. And I know this is going out over the internet, but it doesn't matter to me really. And come to find out, he was not a multimillionaire. But here's the thing I can tell you. I mean, he, to most of this world and to many in America, he would be, he'd be well off. But as we begin to dig into things, 
we found out that mom is going to have enough for the rest of her life to take care of her. And I'm going to tell you why my mom is going to be okay. Because just the other day, some people from, the, from her church came to the house. And she said, hold on, before you go, before you go, I want to be, be sure and give you my tithe money. And I saw the check. It was $300. My mother gets, uh, let's see, my mother gets $1,500 a month from so, for Social Security. But my mother's been a worker. And my mother's been faithful. And here's the discovery. Discovery is that God will take care of us. You take care of God's business, he'll take care of your business, right? And one day, the Lord's working. And he turned a desperate situation in where they were cannibalizing their kids. And the next day, you could buy food for little and nothing. Why? Because... They realized God was working on their behalf. And I have come by to tell somebody this morning. You don't know it. But you're just being obedient to God. And today you came to the house of God to worship. Even though you could have easily stayed at home. But watch this. Abraham was told by God. I want you to go take your son and I want you to sacrifice him on the mountain. And what was he going to do? He told the rest of those guys, we're about to go up here and we're going to worship and we'll be back. We'll be back. Because he knew God could resurrect him. And he went went in faith. I want to tell you, God is able to do exceeding abundantly. Ephesians 3.20, above all you can ask or think. And you've been wondering, can God take care of it? And I tell you, you're about to be surprised. I don't know who you are, but you're about to be surprised that God has already been working long before you ever came here this morning. He's working. I want to ask you to stand with me. I hope that maybe... Can I share something with you this morning that has been a blessing to me last night, and I haven't even shared it with Diana yet. Um, I pastored Russellville for uh, for nearly sixteen years. A great historic church. We we just saw God do great, great and awesome things. Pastor, I just want to tell you, God has seen how you've wrestled, how you've cried, how you've prayed, how desperate you've been. Times that you just, I've been where you've been. How desperate you've been to think, God, is, this, is, is anything ever going to change? God's been working. There's something really good here. I said, there's something really good here. And it'll be just a little while before people really realize that. So I want you to have hope. And I know you've already worked through it. I'm not saying you're you're in it now. I'm just saying you've already worked through it. So I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. I know what it is to pastor. I know the highs and the extreme lows of pastoring. But I got a text last night, I'm going to tell you, that blessed my heart. Some of their family, Levita Reed, worked for us in the nursery. And uh, when we built the church there, we decided to have a daycare. I think she even worked there for a little bit, yeah, with our babies. That was a challenging moment for for all of us because we had just spent $2.3 million 
building the building. How many knows that's, a, that, that's about $22,000 a month payment? And you thought yours was bad, right? But I'll tell you, God's faithful. Amen. And we built that. We were, actually, we were, forgive, forgive this saying, but, you know, we were sucking air. And this was in the latter part of November, December, and the financials weren't looking real good. But I read, on a, I read something on, uh, the, on uh, an, uh, probably an email, it was an email, that said the community school had lost their place and it was needing a place to go. And we had a building. And so I asked, long story short, I asked, I asked the board, I said, could we, could we possibly house this, this fledgling school? Could we do that? And you know what? Even though we were... <laughs> desperate situation they said yeah we can do that we knew it would cost us we knew they couldn't pay a great deal of money but we brought them in would you believe that on a Sunday night a few weeks later a man in my church came to me after church and said "Uh, I need to talk to you pastor I said okay usually that's not good (laughs) you know because I'm the I wasn't real optimistic. But before it was all over with, because God was already working, because we said yes, that man that night, from his own personal account, wrote our church a $100,000 check. When you don't know it, he's working. I got this last night. Our school went from about 25 to 30 kids. Now it's over 120 from kindergarten all the way up to high school. (laughs) This is the best news of all. What I got last night from Jana McGee, a little girl in her class moved there from California She did not know who God was. She had never heard anything about God, Jesus, or the Bible. And I felt led to to read One Wintry Night at Christmas that was written by Ruth Ruth Bell Graham. And of course, it talks about Jesus, who he was, that he's the Savior. After reading the book, she said, I led my class in the sinner's prayer. Chloe, Chloe, my California girl, accepted Jesus. During the holidays, I was impressed to have all the students have their own Bible. I, I want to lead them through. I wanted to lead them through the Roman road and have them learn the verses and how to share Jesus. Chloe got her first Bible and she loves it. She, she holds it close and puts it back in its case and before leaving each day. And she told her grandma she wanted to be baptized and grandma called Rebecca who is over the school, the principal. And Rebecca told her, the grandma to call RFA and they would help her out. None of this family goes to church. None of them know the way to Jesus. Chloe's mom lives in California, so she came to Arkansas. She's there today for the first time this week because Chloe is being baptized today at RFA. (laughs) Oh, it gets better. It's her 10th birthday. And... um, and, and they were able to, to, to uh, in fact, she lives with an aunt. Her mom came in from California. And, and Janice says they were able to share the plan of salvation with them. They're real new age. He said, but God is wherever you find him. And I believe Chloe is going to lead her family to Jesus. And so I made her a paper book of the Roman road on Friday. And she read it aloud. Jace Trailer said, Chloe. You sound just like my Pastor Morris. You're excited. I just got this. I mean, I just got this while preaching. Chloe's stepdad and half-sister were saved. Stepdad is in tears and is being baptized in just a few minutes.
If you think God's not working and you don't know where and you don't think he knows where you are, I've just come by to tell you he knows exactly where you are and he knows exactly what you need. Why sit there till you die? I believe that you've got to make some movement. I'm not sorry for being emotional. I'm, I'm just an emotional guy anyway. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Why sit there till you die? I don't know what your situation is, and I don't know who you are, but I struggle sitting right over there if I was going to even preach this particular sermon today, but I believe right now I do know it was right what, exactly what God wanted me to say to you. And so what I want to say to you is... Right there, you're sitting in your desperation. And there's a doorway of of hope and faith right here. And it may be, it may just simply mean for you to get out of that pew and say, you know what? I'm not going to sit there till I die. I'm going to take a step of faith. Maybe you wandered in here and you don't know Jesus. Best thing you can do is do what Chloe did, who didn't even know the name of God or Jesus. And now not only her, but her stepdad this morning is about to get baptized. This can be your day. But I'm just going to ask you, nope. Just get, are you going to sit there till you die? Are you going to come and say, Lord, by faith, I'm going to take a step. Who are you? Who are you? Would you come right now? Would you take a step of faith? Because I want to pray for you as we close this morning. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank you for coming. Son, this is going to change your life forever. You have a heart for God. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming. God knows. You say, does he really understand? (laughs) More than you know. Listen to what he says. I want to tell you this particular. He is touched with the feelings of your weaknesses. He knows. He knows. I'm going to pray. Maybe you just reach out to to them this morning. Listen, I simply just believe God. He was already working. He's already working. I really, I can't wait to hear the good news because this is a day of good news. I've come by to declare this is a day of good news that God was working before you ever came to church this morning when you didn't think there was a shot anything was going to happen. It starts right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, you're so faithful. You're so faithful, Lord. And we just simply humble ourselves. Lord, we say forgive us. Forgive us. We're sorry. Sorry for doubting and our unbelief. And, but Lord, I know that you're faithful. And, and God, all you want to do is to let us know that you do love us. I just pray, Lord, you just wrap your arms around them. Because that's what I want, Lord, desperately for them to know. And you've not given us a spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And we can call upon you this morning in the midst of our desperation. And we have decided that we're not going to sit there till we die. But by faith, we're going to take action. Only to realize that, Lord, the blessings of God are yea and amen. The, the, The blessings of God come and there's no sorrow that's added to it. 
God, I pray this morning, this is the thing you've placed on my heart today, is that, Lord, you give us the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. You, you trade beauty for ashes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you just take a moment this morning to lift your hands to the Lord and just thank Him. Just thank Him. Come on. Thank Him. Thank Him. God. He's our Father. Amen? Amen. He's a good God. Amen? Amen. He's a good God. No matter what you go through, no matter what you feel like, if it seems like there's no hope or doesn't seem like there's any uh, silver lining or whatever, we know that with God there is another side. Amen? Amen? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for delivering that word to us this morning. I want, y'all can be seated for just a moment. Our uh, ushers will be at the back of the sanctuary to receive your tithes and offerings this morning. I just got a few announcements. Youth tonight at 6 o'clock. And then also uh, 
I'm, I just want to say, if, you're, if you haven't been able to come on Wednesday nights, let me encourage you to come on Wednesday nights. Uh, we're getting into God's Word. Uh, we've had, you know, we're, we're seeing God move. We've seen people healed. I'm just going to give a testimony. I, I had a, an ear issue uh, the whole first part of last week. I say ear issue. It was, it was just something annoying. What anything that was keeping me from functioning, just I'd sit there and it would just start feel like a little flutter, and it, it just it, I couldn't get it to go away. And I said, and I just told them Wednesday night. I said, I said y'all need to pray for me. I said, this is drive me crazy. I said, just I, I it just it's getting on my nerves. And so they prayed, and so this week every time I'd feel it like wanting to start, I'd say no. <laughs> I'd say it out loud too. I'd say, no, God has touched me. This is healed. And it would stop. And it would keep trying to, you know, and sometimes we have those things in our life that keeps trying to just, and you talked about authority. We have authority. And we have to understand that and know that we have the authority to take over against anything that may come against us. Amen? And it's, it's, we need to start walking in that authority. And understanding that God wants us to experience victories. God wants us to experience the, the greater things. Amen? And so that's a testimony. So I want you to know God's doing something on Wednesday nights. You need to be here. And uh, our Royal Rangers are growing. Girls' ministries are growing. Things are going good. So let me, let me encourage you to, to take time out during the middle of the week and come and be here on Wednesday nights. And I believe that God will, I believe you will grow as an individual. I believe you'll start, because we're getting into the Word, we're getting into God's Word. We're starting to see what God's speaking to us, what He's telling us. And it's important that we get into the Word, amen? And so, uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, be here. Also, ladies, uh, would you want to say anything specific or just, it's at 10, right? I always forget that. Uh and if you need an invitation, there's one right here that gives you all the details. It's 10 o'clock um, this, this coming Saturday, right? No. The 12th. Boy, I'm, I'm off. It feels like it. January's been long, y'all. <laughs> um, so, but it, they'll, they'll have the invitations they can get to you. Can we stand? I know you just sat, but can we, can we stand and pray over this offering? And pray that God would just be with y'all as you leave. Lord, we just.